Good morning. Happy Wednesday from little chilly Birmingham, Alabama, getting ready to head out, head back up north to the Nashville area. Good conference here. One of the great things about doing these conferences in my field, which is security, but I'm sure it's the same for everybody, is you get a chance to interact with colleagues that, for the most part, you only get to see online. So I had a wonderful time looking forward to a jog in the nice crisp morning this morning and then heading up north. But we start today, again, we are doing the Bible in one year, the 2023 reading plan, Nikki Gumbel's plan, which you can find on the Bible app. I don't have any connections with that app or with Gumbel. I just found that plan and actually have liked it because of the back and forth. I've talked about that before between Old and New Testament. I think it's it's an interesting way to read. I've never really done it quite this way before. We start out in Psalm 48, beginning. This is the, um, the city of the great king is referenced. And I'm wondering if this is referencing the New Jerusalem. Because they say, quote, it is the city of our God. He will make it safe forever, end quote. And then over to the New Testament, we're in Luke 19 at this point, verse 11. The crowd thought that the kingdom of God would, quote, begin right away. It's an interesting way to put it. The kingdom was and always will be. I mean, we kind of like, we're, we're bred to look at time linearly, and it's virtually impossible for us to imagine anything beyond it. And... Uh, the, I won't get into an, a common illustration that I like to, to do with regards to um, trying to understand a dimension beyond one that you can interpret. The, the short TLDR version of that is that think about a two-dimensional person on a piece of paper, and then you have a hand, you wave your hand over the piece of paper, the hand is between the uh, a light and, and the page, and, and you see the two-dimensional figure sees this shadow but has no comprehension of what's causing the shadow because they are naturally not able to comprehend the third dimension. That's the way sometimes I kind of look at trying to understand time where we're trying to figure out beginning, middle, and end linearly when that's probably not the true nature of what we cannot see. All right, I'm going way off on a tangent there, so I'll get myself back on track. Jesus told a parable to correct the misconception about the kingdom coming right away. This is very similar to the parable of the talents. Those who were faithful with what they were entrusted are rewarded. Quote, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. In some ways, that tells me the kingdom of God is in play now. We see, we see that. And then there's a transition statement. After telling the story, Jesus went ahead of his disciples, walked ahead. When at Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples, doesn't say which ones, to go into one of the villages, doesn't say which one, and bring back the first donkey they see. If anyone objects, say that it is for the Lord's needs. They did as commanded. They got the donkey. Jesus then rode it towards Jerusalem. Crowds gathered and spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. 
this this is some sort of a royalty uh, expression, I would imagine. When coming down, when he was coming down from the Mount of Olives, the followers, his followers, were shouting and singing in praise. They may have felt that now Jesus would take over Jerusalem as king and peace would reign. And they didn't really get the story yet, what was about to happen. And Jesus, though, he wept and he got closer because he knew what was happening. He, he, he didn't weep for himself. He wept for the people because the people had rejected his true mission of peace, that here he was in front of them and they couldn't recognize him. Jerusalem would fall because they, quote, did not recognize it when God visited you. And then the Old Testament, we go to Deuteronomy 30, we pick up in verse 11. Moses emphasizes that the people have a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. This tells me that we must always live the faith, the, the phrase walking in his ways. So walking is a continuous action. It's not a stop and go. It's not a leap. It's, it's one step, one step, one step. It's a constant progression. Moses goes on to emphasize that if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, you will certainly be destroyed. That's the choice. That's the choice we have. Moses then calls on heaven and earth to witness the choice of the people made. Then we go to Deuteronomy 31. Moses is now 120 years old. He is given all of the instructions in the book of instruction and says again, he will not cross, but Joshua will lead the people and the Lord will destroy the nations living in the land ahead of him. Be strong and courageous, Moses said. We're going to hear that a little bit and more in the beginning of the book of Joshua. Do not be afraid. Moses then wrote all the instructions in the book and gave it to the priest. This is the book of instruction and must be read every seven years during the festival of shelters. This will help them learn to fear the Lord and obey these instructions. It will also allow for the instructions to be passed on from generation to generation. I don't think back then that most people actually read. I think only a select few were, had the ability to read and, and, perhaps maybe had the authority to read, certainly when it came to the book of instruction. The Joshua presented them, the people themselves to the Lord of the tabernacle. The people and Joshua presented themselves to the Lord of the tabernacle. God then tells Moses that despite all of this, the people will break the covenant and actually it was Moses and Joshua presented themselves at the co at the, the tabernacle. Anyway, so God telling Moses that the people are going to break the covenant anyway after all this has happened. I mean, that's kind of like a, what do you think Moses felt at that point in time? It's like, has all my life work been for nothing just in that moment? It's like, I know you did all this, Moses, but yeah, you know, they're going to fail anyway. But this song that he's going to sing will serve as a witness of God against them. This is a little confusing to me. Moses wrote down the words of the song and taught it to the Israelites. It's not repeated here. It is repeated a little bit later. Uh, perhaps it's the next next day. 
uh, when I was originally reading this, I, I wasn't sure if maybe he was referring to the book of instruction as the song, but uh, no, we will, we will see that he does recite the song in just a bit. Moses want, warns the people, now that he's been told, that they will end up doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Anyway, that's it for today. Hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you back when I'm back in Nashville tomorrow. And until then, live today as if the king is coming back today. Mm -hmm.